In the Faith, Science, and God uh, class that I teach, co-teach really, um, one of the uh, aspects of the class that we seek to distinguish are scientific statements from statements about science. And the reason that we do this is that often in the conversation with those who reject religion as having anything significant to offer, they use the scientific method when talking about scientific statements, but they don't adhere to the scientific method when talking about statements about science. Here's what I mean. So, if you listen to one of the new atheists, Dawkins or uh, any one of the uh, company of him, I leave Stephen Hawking out uh, as an aside because he actually conversed an awful lot with the Vatican and was on the Pontif Pontifical Academy of the Sciences. But if you listen to him, Bill Mars and other, if you listen to them, they simply say this, religion gets dismissed because it's simply a collection of fairy tales. And I don't believe in fairy tales. Bill Maher says that. The problem, of course, is that that's not a scientific statement. It's a statement about science and, conversely, about religion. There is no hy the hypothesis may be this is a collection of fairy tales, but there's no presentation of evidence that that is the case. There is no testing of the hypothesis. There is, in fact, no seeking for truth to see if, in fact, these statements uh, should be believed or discarded. There's no acknowledgement that when we read the scriptures, we don't read every part of it in exactly the same way. Some are historical collections, as we know. Some are myths. Some are songs. Some are narratives. We have a whole host of different ways in which we read the scriptures, which, if one is about using the scientific method, then, in fact, this would be evidence that would need to be considered. Now, why do I say this? Because we live in a time and in an age where, increasingly, we're seeing the results of a lack of process when it comes to what we learn and what we believe. I think we live at a time where people trust less science than ever before. The data of science gets dismissed if I don't like it. There's one friend of mine who is always referencing Dr. Fauci, and he says, I don't like Dr. Fauci, not because he doesn't really like Dr. Fauci, but Dr. Fauci continues to tell him he can't do this or he can't do that. He doesn't like it, and so he jokes, I don't like Dr. Fauci, and so I'm not going to listen to him. It's a challenge in our world, I think, when it comes to finding the truth. And today, we celebrate a Dominican, I would argue, par excellence. It's not without some observation that we talk about St. Albert the Great, but only about St. Thomas Aquinas. He did not get the moniker, the Great. I think it's because 
my speculation. St. Thomas Aquinas really focused beautifully, brilliantly, I would love a minuscule part of his intelligence and his ability to synthesize and analyze, but it was, I don't want to say narrow, because that wouldn't be accurate, but it was a particular body of work, shall we say. For St. Albert the Great, it wasn't. It wasn't just a particular body of work. In fact, I think St. Albert the Great was the type of man who really wanted to know about everything. It reminds me, in fact, about my time when I was in the pre-novitiate in Memphis for six weeks, and I remember watching Benny Ashley come out of the library with a book. I can't remember what the topic was, but it was not about theology, and it was not a topic that I would think really was terribly interesting. And I remember asking him, Benny, why do you have that book? And he said, well, I don't know anything about it. He was always seeking to learn. And I think that's St. Albert the Great. I think he's great because he saw that there, it was so important to know about natural sciences, about psychology, about how human beings work. Uh, he reminds me in many ways of the subject of the song by James Taylor, The Walking Man, because he did a lot of walking. And in the midst of that, it wasn't wasted time. He looked at the, the vegetation on the sides of the road. He had lots of conversations. He took a lot of roles and jobs that, quite frankly, I suspect he didn't want to take. He also gives us, I think, an important lesson for this moment of our Dominican life, and it is this. We need to be careful that we don't become like the new atheists. What do I mean? By dismissing aspects of how we should be living life, or doing this, or doing that, or this style of liturgy, or that type of study, or whatever it is, without the type of an intellectual curiosity of St. Albert the Great. Our church, I think, is at a critical moment because if you spend time in certain venues, like social media, and you look at what's being argued, What's being argued is either something so esoteric that I don't know that the argument really makes any difference at all, or what's being argued isn't an argument at all. It's simply a way to insult one another. We are challenged to be the types of persons that don't limit the ways in which the gospel can be preached. And so today, let us ask for the intercession of St. Albert the Great so that we can be more faithful to the type of learning and study that brings as many as possible to faith in the gospel.